Hi, everyone. This is Ron Jolson, and you're listening to the Christian Fellowship Community Forum podcast. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Good morning, and we want to welcome everyone to our Christian Fellowship Community Forum. This is session number six. They have all been just amazing, and we have another amazing one scheduled today uh, with our featured speaker, Toby Eng. And I now would love to introduce uh, both Toby Eng and Bill Hull. And let me start with Bill. Uh, Many of you already know Bill. He's an author of 33 books. They've sold over 500,000 copies, 25 different languages. Uh, And Bill has also taught in uh, more than 50 countries. And of course, he's been our guide for last year's uh, The Christian Leadership Study. So we've had a lot of time with Bill, and he's just an amazing man of God, and we're so happy to have him. Uh, He's also in 2017. He was the Oral Roberts University Alumnus of the Year, but he's been a great friend and mentor to the Christian Fellowship community. So he is our um, friend and colleague and also man of the year for us, too, Bill. I'll say it that way. So welcome, Bill. Uh, Toby Yang is a wealth management advisor, district director with Northwestern Mutual in Chicago, where he is right now. He's been associated with Northwestern Mutual since 2001, received his Bachelor of Arts in Communications from uh, Wheaton College, and uh, also holds a Chartered Life Underwriter designation, the Chartered Financial Consultant designation. I believe you're a certified financial planner as well. Uh, So obviously well-credentialed and um, just an an amazing financial advisor I've known for quite a few years. Uh, He's an active volunteer as well in his community, uh, board member of Young Men's Educational Network, And he's been recognized by the Northwestern Mutual Foundation with both the Community Impact Award in 2012 and the Community Service Award in 2009, uh, the last for his work with Lydia Holm. His past achievements include Forum, ORS, Lives Leader, Growth Award, among others. And he's an active member of his church, resides in Chicago with his wife, Cassie, and I think five children. Hopefully I have right. Uh, As I said, I've known Toby for a few years. He is a man of passion. Uh, I think you'll see the fruits of the spirit just pour out of him, especially joy. I'll say that, Toby. Uh, And I think you're going to see that today. So please welcome Bill and Toby. And good morning, Bill. I'm going to hand it over to you. Thanks, Thank you, Ron. Uh, with that resume, Toby, I'm surprised you had time for us today. It sounds like you've accomplished so much and five children. Wow. That, that's a full-time job right there. I feel, hey, uh, I feel very inadequate. <laughs> we, we are uh, just very anticipatory of this today about having you with us. And um, we, we want to hear about your subject, which is the heart of God. But before we talk about that specifically, could you just tell us a little bit about your background? You know, everybody has a story. Everybody, we're told in the book of Acts, is a witness. Uh, give us your witness. Oh, thanks, Bill. And uh, absolutely feel inadequate following Kim Schlifsky and Ron Jolson before here. So um, thanks for, for having me. So I was very, very grateful in that I was raised in a family um, that both my parents were believers. They're both immigrants from Hong Kong, came here to the States. Um, and we were at church every single Sunday, probably multiple times a week and had a great community around us. Um, 
I would say much more to do with myself and immaturity, though. My faith or, or my relationship with faith was much more uh, legalistic when I was growing up. I had the understanding that what it meant to be a Christian was you can do these things and you can't do these things. And that didn't feel so good. And so I really spent most of my um, um, adolescence running away from it and uh, being very stifled by that. Um, A big change in my life was when my youth pastor, um, his name is Joseph, actually joined our church and really helped me understand the whole idea of, of grace, that the gospel is really about grace. Um, not about this is what you can do and can't do. Um, probably the most freeing thing for me was understanding that, um, that once I accepted Christ as my savior, that he has forgiven every sin that I've ever done in the past every sin that I'm doing currently and everything that I may do in the future. I think as a child, I always thought like, Oh man, if I died and I did a sin, I didn't confess. Oh man, I'm screwed. I'm I'm in big trouble. But once I understood that concept that it was all future as well, I, it really freed me up. And I think the way I live life really changed. So, so Joseph was a huge part of that. um, um, Sharing, sharing the whole idea of grace Uh, in the gospel. Um, The other piece that I I think I really hung on to Romans 838 is my life verse. And to paraphrase it, it's, it's essentially saying nothing will ever separate me from the love of, of God, nothing Mm -hmm. life or death or heaven or hell. So, so like me being able to hang on to that. And I know we talked about this bill, but um, the whole concept of being truly, truly known, fully known, and fully loved uh, was so meaningful. And we talked about if you're truly uh, known and not loved, that doesn't feel so good. Or if you're not known and loved, that doesn't feel so good because is it real, right? So being fully known in all your warts and all your ugliness and every thought that I've ever had um, and God still loving me fully uh, was, was incredible. So. Well, yeah, Tony, I was thinking, Toby, I was thinking about uh, this issue of the heart of God. And a verse came to mind in Psalm 25, 14, talks about the Lord is a friend to those who fear him. And that word means like an intimate friend, a person who shares the secrets with you. And that, that thinks, then we think about the heart of God, knowing the heart of God, him being a friend. So when you say heart of God, uh, what are you talking about? Can you explain that to us so that we can sort of all get our mind around it. So when we get in our groups, we can talk about it. Absolutely. I think, I think of my dad, right? Obviously he's, he's a human being and he doesn't um, totally resemble what our relationship with our father, God mm-hmm. um, should be. But I think of my dad, he was such a gentle person, loving, caring. And um, I don't think there's anything that I could ever say to him or do where he would love me any less. And I think about my five children, right? There's certainly things that they do that I don't approve of or I might not like, but there's nothing that they can do or say to me that would have me love them any less. Mm-hmm. And how, how many times more is that with our father, God, uh, Tim Keller, 
Tim, a lot of the things I'm going to share today come from uh, people that I really admire or read or listen to. What Tim Keller says, uh, this is his quote, uh, the only person who dares wake up a king at 3 a.m. for a glass of water is their child. Yeah. And uh, I think of that, right? We have that kind of access with our God, right? Our Father God, uh, he cares about every little thing that's going on in our life. And uh, so, so I think about that being the heart of God for us. And then I think about if we truly love him, right? If, if, uh, if we truly love him in return, just like anybody else that we would love, we would want to understand what his heart is about. Like, just like my wife, Cassie, who's, uh, who's, uh, we're celebrating our 17th year of marriage this year. Um, and I don't do this very well, but I try really hard to try to understand her heart, right? What Uh she likes. And, uh, it's because I love her. Um, so she loves nature. She likes going outside. She likes enjoying those things. Those don't naturally come to me, but I'm going to want to do those more and more because I want her to know that I love her. And so that's what I think about with God is as I read the Bible, as I understand more of who he is, am I getting a clear picture of what he values, what makes him happy, what makes him sad, what makes him angry? And those should be things that I then am more like. Of course, we're never going to get there um, on this side of, uh, of the earth. But uh, that's that's my friends. Anyone- uh, it's like friends or intimates. They uh, Jesus said, if you. You are my friends if you do what I say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would add that, uh, like so many of us with Northwestern Mutual, we've been um, running our businesses and, and, we, and we have habits and disciplines. Uh, one of the best books I've read, and I'm sure many of you have, have, have uh, uh, studied the concept, is, is the seven habits of highly effective people. Mm-hmm. And one of the first things is start with the end in mind. So I'm not, you know, a theologian by any means. <laughs> um, that's, that's you, Bill. We uh, can turn to you for the expertise. But with starting at the end in mind, I think about the Christian life. I think about one day being in front of my maker and him hopefully saying, you know, well done, good and faithful servant. Right. And I think of the people that God talks about in the Bible that represent them. Uh, and the one that really comes to mind is King David. Um, um, for, for, uh, for us that know the story is that Saul is the king before and he's being replaced. And when he's being replaced, God describes, uh, David as a man after his own heart. And when I think about what my, I want my life to be, and I think about the end in mind and, and one day I pray and I know I, I, I fail and I, and I am uh, so far from that, but I pray that God sees my heart and that he can say that to me one day. Like Toby was a, was a man after God's own heart. And um, oh, wonderful. What, what's this look like when you go to work? What's it like in your business world and with working with your associates and uh, revealing like the, the heart of God to people? Yeah. Um, you and I talked about how uh, there's less than 1%, I think, are clergy, right? Mm-hmm. And so I 
actually thought I was going to be a youth pastor to follow in my youth pastor's steps. When I realized that really wasn't my calling <laughs> uh, and went into the business world or uh, uh, Northwestern Mutual in the financial world, I shifted it and I said, hey, in my immaturity, my spiritual immaturity, I thought that my job then was to be really good at my work, make a lot of money, and then give the money to professional Christians, right? Missionaries, pastors, um, uh, et cetera. And they would do the real work, right? And be the, be the hands and feet of Christ. As I grown uh, in my maturity, still not very much, right? But uh, what I'm realizing is that's not what we're called to be. Less than 1% of, of us are clergy, and any believer, anybody who follows Jesus is actually called to be the salt and the light. And so that's really where um, a lot of my growth in, has come in the last you know, five to 10 years is seeing where I am at Northwestern Mutual um, in other contexts, wherever you are, right? As a, as a parent, as a, as a teacher, as an as a accountant, we're all called to be the salt and the light. Um, and you know, I, I think I hear this a lot from, from people that are still trying to figure out what's my calling. And if they're a Christian, what I would want to say to them is we have a mission, right? Of course, we still need to figure out what our gifts and talents are, maybe where we apply them professionally, but we have a calling, right? We're called to be the salt and the light wherever we are mm -hmm. and be the good news um, to the people yeah. around us. Right. And whatever means he gives us, that's just the vehicle for it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, what are some hard times you've had? I mean, I, I know that there's, there's had to be challenges that you've had with regard to your faith and to just getting through your days and years uh, with both at home and in the business world. Tell us a bit about some of those and how you sought the heart of God during those times. Yeah. So to be very open, I think when I was younger, I used to think life was either good or bad, right? Things are either going well or they're not. And I've come to a realization that uh, both can be true, right? Especially for us who have faith in Christ. We know in the big picture that we're his children, that nothing can take that away, right? And as I've uh, experienced more life and, uh, I'll be really open right now is a difficult time, right? There's just more complexity, more things going on, whether it's personally or through the business or, um, so I, I would just share that as an encouragement to, to all of us that, you know, sometimes we, we believe when we become a Christian that life gets easy. And I would share that that's not the promise in the Bible, right? Um, the promise is that we'll have a joy and a peace that can only come from Christ that is surpasses understanding. Like our circumstances don't make sense when you look at our peace and joy. Um, so as I, as I share that, you know, thinking about the bigger picture is um, a lot of what carries me through. Um, I would also share with you um, so much of what I understood to be what a Christian is or what the church is or what God is like. Um, out in the media, or even through people who claim to be um, Christians, isn't always accurate. And maybe that's the other encouragement is that to really dig deeper in what uh, the Bible says, who is God? What is, 
What is it that makes him happy? Um, and, and I'll get kind of a little bit more specific here. As I, as I read um, more about him and more about who he says he is, the more I realize he looks at the heart, right? And there's parable after parable after parable or story after story of where he gives two examples, right? Whether it be um, the widow who is giving her two pennies yeah. versus the rich people. Um, he's looking at her heart, right? The good, the good Samaritan, right? We all know that story by title, but I don't know if we realize that the Jews hated the Samaritans. The Samaritans were a half-breed that they wanted nothing about, and they didn't even want to travel anywhere close to them. And yet it wasn't the um, priest that helped the person that was injured. They walked right by. It was the Samaritan who literally gave, I think, the shirt off their back and their money to care for them at the, at the, at the hotel. And that was a parable that Jesus shared right after someone asked them, how do you get to heaven? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's to love God with your whole heart and to love your neighbor as yourself. And that was the answer who your neighbor was. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think God talks about not loving just your friends, but the enemy loving uh, the disadvantaged, the poor, the foreigner, the orphan, the widow. And so as I've uh, continued to, to grow and learn, which there's still so much to do, I see that as a big representation of what God's heart is. Um, and it's almost opposite of a lot of what we see, uh, how Christians are portrayed right now, um, which makes me very, very sad. Um, yes. Well, I think you said a couple of things really powerful. One is, What's the hard time right now? And I think that resonates a lot with the people that are with us today. It's right now. It's not something in the past. It's not something possibly in the future. It's right now. And the second thing is the calling. And that my calling isn't to make a lot of money and hand it to the religious professionals. I take up my calling now because what kind of plan would God have where he says, well, less than 1% of you can do my plan. The rest of you just support them. That's that's fixed. God can't be that dumb. So <laughs> I, I think that uh, uh, you've really struck on a couple of really powerful things that, for our discussion today. And as we go into our groups, uh, we talked a little bit about this before today, and we came up with a couple of questions, uh, Toby, that you provided us with. And so let's just look at these questions before we, before we go in our groups. How do we keep the eternal kingdom in front of us now, and how do we live that out knowing we're not meant for this world. Uh, secondly, if you're seeking God's heart with what is God's heart, where would you find that? How do you seek God's heart? So those are our discussions. And then after we go into our groups, we'll come back in around 20 minutes. And at that point, we'll hear more from Toby and kind of get a response from Toby about his group and then what Toby would like to leave us with. And so let's just move into our groups. Toby, tell us a little bit about what your response was to your group and uh, kind of what maybe clarifying thoughts you'd like to make. And then I'll ask you one final question. How about that? I think our group, so much of it was around um, 
we need reminders in our life or, or an environment in our life um, so that the truth is brought up, the truth that we are loved uh, fully by God, the truth of um, salvation, the truth of that we have another kingdom that's much better than where we are today. Um, so whether that's people in our life or reading the word consistently, um, all of those things. Great. Well, uh, let me ask you this, Toby, what's the one final thought that you'd like to leave with us today? You know, kind of that something that people could think about the rest of the day, maybe the week. And, uh, so what do you have yes. to say? Thanks, Bill. There's, there's two things, and this is said more to me, and hopefully everybody else gets benefit from it as well. But an encouragement to myself is uh, there's two things. One is uh, again with beginning the with the end in mind, right? Who I want to be, what my life looks like, and how God views me. Um, am I a man after God's own heart? I think about Hebrews 11. So if you guys have not read that, I'd look that up. People call that the Hall of heroes or the hall of you know, heroes of faith. And what's super encouraging to me is that it lists so many people um, that don't get things right. Uh, people like King David, who was someone who murdered somebody, uh, committed adultery. He lied. There's Samson. We don't need to go through uh, all of Samson's life. There's Rahab, uh, a prostitute. Uh, Cain and and Abel, that story is talked about, right? How, how Abel, with his heart, right, gave his best first fruits and how he's in that. So that's really something that encourages me that we don't have to get everything right, yet God uh, uh, still can use us and we can be considered uh, that good and faithful servant one day. So that's, that's one thing. And then number two is that we talk about God's heart. Right. And I, the people that he really um, shows favor to the biggest thing I find in common with all of these people is that it's people that know that they need him. It's people that know that they're poor in spirit. They're people that they know that they're broken and sick or or not up to snuff. And it's the others that don't know that that actually Jesus speaks out mostly against. Um, one book that I'd highly recommend is The Prodigal God uh, by Tim Keller. Mm -hmm. And many of us know that story of the prodigal son. Yes. And it's the two um, sons. You know, one is the one that kind of the philanderer and, and uh, gets his, his inheritance from his father right away and says, I'm done with you and goes and lives, lives a sinful life. And then the other son who has done everything right. And that book that Tim wrote has been really eye-opening for me because ultimately uh, he talks about the relationship with the father and how the father is longing for that first son to come back. And when that son comes back, he's running towards him. Right. Can't wait to celebrate him, have a party, kiss him, give him the best clothes. And ultimately that's the one he, the son goes through a different path, but ultimately realizes he needs God. He is so broken and has nothing and is not worthy mm -hmm. and knows he needs 
uh, his father, or in this case, Christ. And the other son is actually the one that mm-hmm. is the opposite, right? Yeah. He gets really mad. He gets really mad at the father when he shows favor to the younger son. He says, I've been here the whole time. I've done everything right, yet you've never, never done anything for me. And what it makes me think of is, am I that son? Am I that son that really just wants the things that God can give me and not God himself? Right. And that, Toby, is the heart of God, you, that, that father. And, good, you know, in the Bible, it's not the good guys getting saved. It's just there are no good guys. We just get saved. So that's, that's wonderful. Well, Ron? We're going to turn it back to you, my friend. And thank you, Toby. You did a great job, Toby. Thanks. Thank you for joining us. And for more information, visit our website, www.christianfellowshipcommunity.org. The Christian Fellowship Community is an independent, not-for-profit corporation. CFC is supported by volunteers and through donations from its participants. Neither CFC nor this episode are endorsed by, affiliated with, or promoted by Northwestern Mutual.